Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, EveryPlate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Today, our show is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you're not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of use. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective doses so you get the most reliable results. And no matter your stage in life, they have a solution. Nutrafol women's formulation is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair loss caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, or environmental toxins. Their other formula, Women's Balance, is for additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code SELFIE to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code SELFIE. Hey, everyone. I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, well today we're going to be talking with my friend Matthew Paul Turner. He is a children's book author and he recently helped finish our mutual friend Rachel Held Evans' book. Um, And so we're going to be chatting about um, how much we miss our dear friend, how he came to be a part of this project, um, and some of our favorite memories of Rachel. Um, BJ and I are going to be answering a question that the group had about how to find a good therapist for kids. But first, I'm going to do a self-care check-in with Rue. Hey, Rue. 
Hey, Kristen, how are you? How is your self-care going this week? Oh, it's going pretty good. Um, I am, I'm excited for this weekend. I have a get together with a couple girlfriends. Um, they're local friends, but we actually, all of us got a hotel for one night. We got oh. our, our partners, our, um, dads to take the kids for the night. And so we just got a local hotel, like nothing fancy, um, just to get away. And so we're gonna, you know, go to dinner and then stay up late talking and probably eat candy and drink drinks. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to it because we've just, you know, all of us have had a pretty rough <laughs> pandemic and we haven't gotten a lot of time with each other. Um, so I'm excited for that. What I'm not excited for is that I am having my first colonoscopy Whoa. <laughs> on Friday. Oh, wait. Um, right which before- I asked about in the selfie group. So you're having it and then you're going... Right, I, is it, sorry, is this happening the same time as the trip? I am having the trip before the colonoscopy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, good, thankfully. good. Good. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I had mentioned a few weeks ago that I was like trying to catch up on all my health stuff. And that unfortunately is a part of it. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not super scared about the um, procedure itself. But the prep sounds pretty terrible because you basically have to like eat no food and drink a laxative for an entire day. So yeah, that sounds that does not, not sound fun. Although, um, because uh, colon cancer runs in my family, I have to get it in two years. So ah. like I have to do I have to do it a little bit earlier, a little early. and then yeah. I have to and I have to do it a little bit more frequently. So yeah, um, yeah you know, uh, well, good. I mean, so both technically are very good things. Yes, both are good one things. Pro- one will I will enjoy a lot more than the other. Um, so the hotel with friends, are you guys going out to dinner and then you're doing, or you're just hanging out in the hotel room, you're going out to dinner, doing drinks, are you making, it's local, so are you going to do just one night or are you making a weekend of it? Just one night, um, you know, we just wanted it to be simple and not too hard. Um, and it felt like when we were trying to fit two nights, that just feels harder, you know, for everyone's life and schedules and stuff. And so we're like, let's just do one night. So that's all. Yeah. Just one night. Um. So I'm excited. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that is that's that's lovely, and I'm very happy for you. Thank you. How's your self care going? Um, I guess my self care is going okay. It's going fine. I am, you know, I've got down like a, a pretty good routine where I go to bed reasonably early. I wake up reasonably early, and I am um, going to work. And I have been leaving my laptop at work, which is a brave new world for me. Yeah. Tell me about this life. Yeah, this is – so I ended up – I ended up getting office space Mm -hmm. um, for – I'll explain more shortly. Mm -hmm. But I ended up getting office space and I go and I work and then I think I'm going to go home and deliberately spend time with my family and – eat a real meal, and then maybe do a crossword puzzle or yeah. take a bath or go for a walk. I am not going to continue work after. And as you know, I mean, it's in the bio on Selfie. I am a – you know, I, I understand that I'm a self-care Luddite and I work a lot. I really enjoy it. I'm, I know you're a type – you're a type three and Enneagram three, but I'm a two wing three. So I've mm-hmm. got some of that in me. And then when someone says, hey, can you help me? I go, sure, of course. So – this has been um, 
this has been very deliberate and it feels really good. And there have been a couple of times where something's come up and I've had to, you know, switch gears and, and there will be a time in the future where I have to, you know, work more nights. But right now while I can, I'm leaving my laptop at work. I love that. Yeah. I I envy that because I work from home and I have been trying to think of like how can I metaphorically leave the laptop at work, but I've really I love that you're just – you're leaving it there. Like you, the temptation isn't even there. It's impossible. I honestly think it's like when – back in the day when people would uh, deal with overspending. Like I think you have to take – treat your laptop like a credit card and like freeze it in water and put it in your freezer and thaw it out if there's an emergency. I have worked from home for – I don't know, over a dozen years, and I have never been able to just turn it off because there's always something to do. Like, oh, I should do this for uh, the accountant, or I should clean out my inbox, or oh, right, I have to respond to whatever. Um, so that is, like, I'm almost, I'm almost anti work from home because of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Going into an office is, is, um, and I, I've, I've worked from home for so long that I feel like I'm, I'm super used to it. But I am taking advantage of this, leaving it at work, coming home. And that's it. That's really nice. That's really nice. All right. So for my two thumbs up today, it's interesting because we talked about this in the selfie group. Someone had asked about drinking matcha tea. And I really like matcha. But you know, I'm a decaf girl. And it's very difficult to find decaf matcha. Because just by nature, like it's kind of a difficult process to do. It's not technically real matcha. They have to kind of um, decompose it a little bit to get it to the decaf. <laughs> but I did find a decaf matcha product that I like. Um, it's Sencha green tea powder. Um, and it's funny because matcha is kind of having a moment even on TikTok. Like, have you noticed how many people are like filming their matcha lattes in the yeah, morning? Yeah, yes, ice matcha lattes and, yes. and like in these beautiful glasses with perfect ice cubes and then some sort of flour on top. A hundred percent. So I, yes. that is what I'm shooting for, which is funny because my daughter India is into it as well. Um, and so we bought like the bamboo whisk and we bought the like <laughs> mixing bowl. And so we'll mix up our matcha and then. I think I talked about a lavender syrup last week, but this, I'm obsessed with lavender. This is a sugar-free, last week I talked about a simple syrup that was like for cocktails. This is just a Mm -hmm. sugar-free blueberry lavender syrup um, from Jordan Skinny Syrups, which, you know, they make like a ton of like coffee syrups, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's blueberry lavender. And so I'll just put a little drop of that into the matcha, into the iced latte, and it's so good. So, so good. So that is my new morning drink. Yum. I mean, yum for you. I still think it looks like you're you're drinking grass clippings. But yum for you, for sure. It definitely has a grassy (laughs) taste that's very acquired. I like it now, but it's very acquired. I agree. (laughs) Um, And I filmed myself making it so that I could post it in selfie since people were talking about it. So I need to remember to do that. Don't you realize this is the perfect time for you to make a TikTok? No, because I didn't make it pretty, you know? Like I just made it on my counter with, you know, a bunch of crap sitting on the counter. (laughs) I, I, I don't have the energy to make pretty To make TikToks. it curated, really yes. Don't. No, I get I really it. Don't. I get it's it. It's not me. Uh, what do you have for two thumbs up? Um, I'm super into 
my eyebrows uh-huh. in general because, you know, I waxed them into nothing back in whatever, 2002 yes. or 2003, whenever we did that. And so now I just am begging them to grow. And so I find that when my brows look good, like it like anchors my face in some way, oh, yeah. like the rest of my face looks good. So I have tried soap brows where you take a spoolie and you rub it in soap and you know that works and i've tried hair gel and i've tried the different i've tried a bunch of different stuff to make my eyebrows look more lush and so now i am spending an absurd amount of money but it goes a long way but it's an absurd amount of money but it goes a long way on (laughs) the is it anastasia oh i've always thought it was anastasia anastasia yeah that brand, ABS, oh, yeah. whatever. They have something called Brow Freeze now. And I take a spoolie and I, you know, boop, 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 and I put it in my brows and I stick them straight up, mm-hmm. straight up into the sky. And then I do a little pencil for the little, you know, RIP 2003 brow hairs. And my brows stay pretty good for hours. Sometimes I have to touch them up, but they look – I really, really like it. I really like it. I feel like it makes my face – it just makes my face look brighter or better or more awake or whatever. It's just it's just nicer. Okay, but this is a colorless product. Right. So this is not adding anything to your brows. It's just kind of like thickening them? Not even thickening. I mean, my eyebrows are dark. They yeah. just need to be – like they just and and where where they're th- where they I didn't wax they're thick so if I just brush them oh. then I then they look full Got and there it. are still some still some sparse spots but it just makes my eyebrows look fuller because it's like if you ever have you ever done brow lamination no what is that okay so you know how when like microblading is a thing but then you have to like tattoo your eyebrows and the healing process is crazy yeah brow lamination is basically. It's like a perm for your eyebrows. You know how your eyebrows are just like wiry and, and yes. kind of like wavy? So it basically relaxes. It's like relaxer for your eyebrows. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And they go st- – I did not realize. I was like, oh my gosh, my eyebrows are so full. Where has this been all my life? But I don't have time for the maintenance yeah. and then also COVID and whatever. So uh, this is the next best thing. I will say when my eyebrows were straight – they were so long and lush that she actually had to trim them. And I've that never trimmed so my eyebrows ever. Um, so anyway, I'm very excited about this. But I also recognize that I spend entirely too much time on my eyebrows, but almost like no other feature. Just my eyebrows. It's Listen, the only thing I care about. They are the window frames to your eyes. And I support your eyebrow habit. Thank you. I spend a lot of time on mine too. Um, mine, however, I couldn't, this would not work for me because mine are, mine need color. Like I'm drawing them on. Right, right, right. Well, because you have, well, you have, have blonde hair. So that, yeah, I have white. That makes sense. My eyebrows now are white and they're pretty sparse. Yeah. So you just, are you using like a powder or a pencil or both? Yeah. In fact, I use that brand. I use an Anastasia, um, it's a dip brow pomade. Oh, yes. Yes, their dip brow is really good. Also, similarly, absurdly expensive, but, like, there's nothing as good. They really do make a superior product. (laughs) Right. There's, like, I'll use the NYX pencil. The pencil's fine. I mean, there are some some that are fine, Um, uh, but yes. But then I always – the only thing is when I spend money on 
that brand, I always get so upset if I lose it or break it or oh, usually it's lose it. So I know I I have to I have to think about my my emotional state before I'm willing to invest in it. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like that's not a traveling thing. That's just a use at home thing, and then put right back right. in the drawer. <laughs> right. Um. So the other thing I have is very basic. It's uh, Amazon Essentials has a workout t-shirt. It's just a tech tee. It's super plain. It's not exciting. It doesn't have any words on it. It comes in a two-pack, and they're like $10 each, and they're good quality, and they're great for – I don't like – I don't like wearing tank tops when I go to the gym mm-hmm. or when I go work out. I, I still like a little bit of a sleeve. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like these very much. And I think they're comparable with just about any other like good athletic brand, athletic brand out there. So if you like, like I'm not super precious about what I wear to the gym at all, mainly because I'm just going to sweat and I'm yeah. also never going to pose like a butt photo for You're not Instagram. Selfies. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would like to. I just don't have the facilities to take a good butt photo for Instagram. <laughs> I need, I need uh, a little more work in that department. I like back in the nineties, my butt would have been great when like, like flat butts were in, you know. But now, <laughs> now uh, with Kim Kardashian, kind of, you know, all of that in play it is no. Yes, no one. I do not take photos of my butt is the point. So yes, we're very, very simple, super easy. And I will just buy these and I do not have like, I don't have a single Lululemon or Athleta or whatever shirt because I just sweat in them. And I also don't like, I don't understand this about workout clothing. When it's like wash on cold, air dry. Mm-mm. I just sweated, like I just sweated so much in this. It's going to go in on hot, oh, yeah. and it's going to go in to the dryer to kill all the weird ger- uh, gymnasium germs because I was just on the floor of this like bro yeah. gym, and that's how I treat <laughs> that's how I treat my workout clothes. No, I'm the same. I actually, I'm pretty sure I have one of these t-shirts um, because I do have. I, I really like the Amazon Essentials. Like they're they're pretty good. I do, and also I would say like sweatshorts, joggers. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. It's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. So I I think they're um, a sleeper hit. (laughs) I like it. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So With two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel, neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. 
You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. We've talked a lot about skincare on this show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift, and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. Hey, Matthew. Hello. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to see your face. I mean, I feel like it's been forever. It has been forever. Yeah, I mean... You I are catch one up with of you on Boxer once in a while. So I know you yeah. are one of my friends, and I have a lot of friends like this where we we don't live close, but I always see you a couple times a year somehow. Yeah. But then with the pandemic, it's like I haven't seen all my friends in a really yeah. long time. And we're all in our own little world, so like it's mm-hmm. hard to connect. Like even even just for a little bit of face to face time, yes. you know, like you there's certainly moments when you do and you try but like it's just it's we've all been so like focused on what's going on in our worlds so I know well you were one of my few friends that like we were trying to do regular zooms at yeah. the beginning like we <laughs> <Yeah>. were <laughs> we came at the we college did. try we were um <sighs> but then I got I I don't know about you either like I'm so over zoom I don't want to I mean I know we're sitting here chatting on it but, like I don't <laughs> when I get an invitation for like an online you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do any of it. Like, I mean, it is, and it's, you know, and it's, and I, and the thing is you don't get the same connection out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not as, it's not the same kind of fulfillment. Certainly in the beginning, it was nice to kind of just 
do those things. But like companies that have like, you know, their happy hour times on Zoom, I'm just, I I don't fully comprehend that. Like Mm -mm. that feels like work. (laughs) No, it does because we're sitting here and now that I'm seeing clients again on Zoom, it literally feels like work. Oh, totally. (laughs) Right. I mean, and I, you know, it's funny because I'm on the other end of that. Yeah. And that's one I kind of like, I have enjoyed the counseling experience with with the zoom call or with, you know, on the internet. Um, yeah, I actually have to, yeah, there's something, there's something about it that just has made it, I don't know, has made it safe or feel okay. Yeah. I think it's really nice for people to be in their own homes while they're do therapy. Like they're in their seat, they're in their couch. Like they're not in a stuffy office. Um, yeah, I've been really surprised at how well it works actually. Yeah. I, I, I might stick to it. <laughs> like, hey, there are I'm at some... home, you're at home. I'm not paying for an office. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how, to what degree the uh-huh. pandemic changes how we do everyday things, like the stuff, you know. Yeah, it's so. interesting. Yeah. All right, so I want to talk about your new book. Um, it's called What is God Like? And it yes. is a really interesting backstory. And I want to, I want to talk you know, for the, for the people listening, which I, I don't know how many that will be, but I know some people will be like, I have no idea what this book is. I don't know yeah. who Rachel Held Evans is. I don't know who Matthew Paul Turner is. Yeah. Two, three name people. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so talk to me about, you know, you've, you've written a children's book with mm-hmm. our friend, Rachel Held Evans. So let's just talk for a minute. Who is Rachel Held Evans for people who do not know? Yeah. Well, Rachel, I met Rachel in 2008. Um, Mm -hmm. right before, um, a year, 18 months before she released her first book, um, Mm -hmm. which Jason, our friend, Jason Boyette introduced us actually like over, over Gmail, like, um, and, and so I have been a fan of her, like she, Rachel came for what Rachel ended up doing, becoming such a powerful, progressive voice of about, you know, regarding culture and theology and um, progressivism. Like there's just like, she came into the scene at like the exact right time. And she had enough savvy that she was able to come up with catchy ideas for books and, and yet was had a simplicity about her that yeah. made her approachable. Like that yes, made did. her feel like you could just walk up to her and, mm-hmm. and hug her. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's funny because like her, the, you know, the buzz about Rachel was way more grandiose than what you would ever see in person. Like I she was, agree. she's just, there was a simple humility about her that, um, that was just uh, infectious and contagious yeah. and really cool. Um, and, but sadly, you know, two years ago, like we, we were two years ago, right at this time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she became sick uh, right around April 15th and, uh, and she never got better. Yeah. And three and a half weeks later, she lost her battle to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we still don't fully know. Um, but, uh, and it was very unexpected, like I'm just completely unexpected. It was 
yeah, oh, Rachel's going to the hospital. This is weird. You know, she's gotten an infection. And then it was, mm-hmm. oh, she, they've had to put her in a coma. And then it's, she's struggling to come switched, out of the coma. Switched and, to, two to, to two, she went to three hospitals. Yeah. And, um, and within a very short time, yeah. you know, it, it was just very shocking, very unexpected. She was a, just a healthy mom of two, you know. Third, I mean, you way younger than you or me. Like, yeah. I mean, like 37. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. she was... Um, it, 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 it made no sense. And like, she was still, I mean, she had young, very young children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 but I think that what people don't realize is just how influential she really was. Like, yeah. I mean, she, you know, Rachel sat on, you know, the, uh, faith board for, uh, president Barack Obama. Yeah. Um, she was, you know, invited to speak at some very like major, um, uh, major conventions and, mm-hmm. you know, all those. I mean, she just had a, she had a way about her that connected with people that, and I don't know if anyone could actually do that now. Like it's just, yeah. she just happened at yeah. the right time. You know, yeah. it's, um, you know, when I just remember the, the, whenever there was a big event that was happening that, you know, all of us, you know, we were all blogging at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so like um, early on, it, like I remember thinking that if there was something I wanted to cover, I wanted to cover it before Rachel, because totally. I know she yes. would do it better than me. Like Her it take was- <laughs> would be the most succinct, the most brilliant. She would find a nuance that like, and you want, and you wanted to read what she had to say. I mean, Oh, and it was, it would be researched and mine yes. w- and it wouldn't it, like it, it would be taken very seriously. And, yeah. and I think that she, she knew she, like she had as almost as many critics as she did, she did. Uh, you know, yeah. fans. And so I think that she over, over prepared yep. um, in some cases. She kind of like, had to. Right. Right. Yeah. And because she was in that theology circle and yeah. which is very, you know, driven and controlled by white men. And yeah. so it just, um, she did her, she did her homework. And so anyway, like yeah. I just, would, I, I literally would sit here and sit and think like, I've got to get something out before she does, because everyone yeah. like, that's going to be the take everyone wants. <laughs> so, totally. Cause at the time um, you were writing about Christian culture too. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so just, and, and so Rachel and I, our, 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 our careers and our friendship kind of built alongside of each other because we mm-hmm. were both bloggers yeah. Uh, you know, influential in our own place, you know, mm-hmm. but we were also shared the idea, shared the commonality that we weren't pastors. So we yeah. could say things that other people wouldn't say, like, I mean, or couldn't say because they had, there was something under, behind them that kept mm-hmm. them from. Yes. That's so, so true. Yeah. And, and so like, and, and what Rachel did is like Rachel elevated voices. Mm-hmm you know, she elevated voices that needed, that we needed to hear. She, she introduced us to people that we needed to become Every Sunday, with. every Sunday, she would <laughs> post yeah. a, a list of links to these thoughtful pieces. And that's, that is how I discovered yeah. so many other writers and thinkers. And then, you know, if, if she ever put your post, like, if, you know, a few times yeah. she put mine in, it would be like, yeah. oh my gosh. I mean, you just, <laughs> like, yeah, something. absolutely. I she likes <laughs> it, me. I know. I know. It really was. It was such a high honor. Yeah. And so, uh, but she, uh, I just remember going back into when, when Rachel died, I like searched her name in my 
emails. Mm-hmm. And I would find like emails at very particular moments in my life when, and her just reaching out and just saying, Hey, I'm just thinking about you today. Yeah. And I just want you to know I'm praying for you or whatever. There was, she was, mm-hmm. she wasn't the, let me put it, let me tag you on Instagram mm-hmm. and let everybody know that I am praying for you. Yes. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was a humble friendship and a humble support. Yeah. Um, and I think that lots of her friends can do that, like where they, they can go back and find messages from her yeah. at very specific times because that's 100%. how she connected with people. And yeah. so um, anyway, I, when, you know, when she passed away, like the, the, the amount of people that, that, that mourned her passing mm-hmm. um, was just, it was overwhelming. Like, I mean, yeah. she was trending on Twitter. Like oh, she, yeah. I mean, Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton both, yeah. uh, you know, mourned her and other like really well-known names. And so it was mm-hmm. just, um, it was, it was really beautiful and powerful to see just how far and the, like, I, I, also, I don't know if I've shared this with you. I know that you wanted to get to her funeral, but like, but couldn't for some reason, I forget why, but um, I, when I, when we went, I mean, Kristen, I've never been to a more diverse experience mm-hmm. of faith that, that had yeah. had something to do with faith. Yeah. I mean, just theologians, like bloggers, people of color, mm-hmm. um, you know, LGBTQ people across mm-hmm. the, you know, the spectrum. Like it was mm-hmm. a, the most diverse, yeah. I mean, certainly the most diverse funeral I've ever gone to, but like, just even from a religious standpoint, like it was like seeing the, 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 the whole of her career yeah. as a, as an, uh, as a person and uh, as a writer. Um, it was, and it was also kind of like seeing, because I, I watched it, even though I right, wasn't there in right. person. I, I believe I had a children's birthday party um, that weekend. But, um, you know, it was also to me like the manifestation of the true kingdom of God. Like it, it was ev- everyone. It was, it was inclusive. It was, I mean, as you said, it was, it was, you know, all cultures and all, you know, so diverse and so inclusive yeah. and, it was just like, but then, you know, it was everyone, everyone was there, you know, most people were gathered as believers and praying together. And it was just, right. it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. Like it was yeah. a really incredible thing to see. And just, and, and just a testament to her, what she loved and what she, what, what she did with her talent. And I think that it's, um, it was really, that was really beautiful to see. And so I, you know, when, when Rachel was in the hospital, I, I I remember being in the room with her and greeting, hanging out with Dan and Dan, um, her husband mentioning to me that, uh, that Rachel had started working on some children's books. And that in fact, that she had literally three weeks prior to getting sick had just sent them to her agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and which was at that point, we thought like she, you know, was going to get out of the bed and finish yeah. them herself. Yeah. And, and, and Sally, that didn't happen. And so I remember when, 
when my editor said, Hey, by the way, we are, uh, we are looking at signing Rachel's children's book. Did you know she was writing one? And then I, and she was like, and they, everybody wants you to consider finishing them. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you like, Kristen, and I think you were one of the people that I talked to about this. I wasn't certain that I was the right person. I I mean, being the white guy, you know, when Rachel was so much about women and so much about people of color. And Mm -hmm. I so I literally had to kind of seek the affirmation from a few of Rachel's close friends just to know that I Mm -hmm. to make sure that I was that right. was the person that could do this. Yeah. Um, and I certainly got Dan's blessing and talked to him first. And um, and I'll tell you, it ended up. I had a I had a I had a really hard 2019 you and. Did. And writing Rachel's book. Is the highlight mm-hmm. that brought it was a, it was a joy yeah. to be able to take her ideas, take her words mm-hmm. and and flesh them out and and feel them. Like, I mean, I just like, just feel them. And so this, this book is a, there's, I don't think that there's too many, if there is another book out there like this, that, that does the things, the nuances has the nuances of theology and faith and, and child likeness in it. I I don't, I I can't put my finger on it because, but it is, there's something special about this book and it's, um, well, she's done yeah. what she did so well with her other books, which is to put into words the questions and yeah. and and not to be authoritarian in the answers and to allow for the curiosity and the wonder. Um, yeah. I mean, it is. It's exactly what she did with her adult books. And I mean, I, you know, I told and you this. And it's inclusive. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I told you this years ago, but I, you, I do think you were the perfect person because you, you know, you have been you've been writing those children's books yeah, for the uh, last well, several years. You have been, you know, you have been writing those books and it's just, it, it, I know all of us were just like, this feels so right. Like it uh-huh. just, it made I, so much sense. And I did get a lot. I mean, that was, it was the support of my friends that really said that kind of just encouraged me to go ahead and do it because I didn't yeah. want to, I didn't want my, I didn't want to be a, burden to the book I wanted mm-hmm. to be if I was going to come in and yeah. be a part of it I wanted to be I wanted to to help it shine as bright as it could because yeah. it was a beautiful idea and so it is um and it's it's inclusive um it's it's the first time I've ever used pronouns for for God um and it we used all of them and yeah. it is just um it really is Rachel. And I think that is the, the, so far of the people who have experienced it, that's been the, the biggest comment and the most like encouraging because they just all say, I don't even know where you're in this. Like it yeah. doesn't like it, I sort of was, it, it, I wanted to disappear in some way. And yeah. so the, um, it's, um, and it, you know what, I'll tell you this. It's also a lot more fun talking about Rachel's book than it is talking about your own book. Because like, <laughs> <I can laughs> it's that. like, you know, like you can, ju- <laughs> I, I feel like I can, I can be really, you know, I can geek out about it because yeah. I just, um, it was her idea. And every, like my, my two things is the two things I wanted to do was to uh, write, a, a, I wanted to keep as many 
of her words as possible. And I think I ended up keeping all of them. Um, and I wanted to uh, make sure that her spirit of inclusiveness was a part of the process. So like I reached out to several of her theologian friends um, to, to offer ideas, mm-hmm. you know, a few of them did, some of them didn't, weren't able to do it, but it just, I, I tried to go about how I think Rachel would have gone about doing yeah. this book. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful book. It's both theological and yet it's very whimsical. Like there's just, and, and then, you know, the, the illustrator Ying um, just, she was so intuitive like like and and how she presented the the wonder in it it was yeah. just really magical so yeah it's yeah. and it's beautiful artwork too yes it it really is like i just i'm pretty blown away by it so so i want to back up for a minute and talk about how you ended up in you know in the genre of children's books because it, you know it was an interesting transition i mean I knew you as the guy who, you know, you, your blog was Jesus, Jesus needs new needs, PR. Yeah. You were I doing mean, very interesting critiques of, of faith. Yeah. Which I loved. I mean, I, I don't totally remember how we met, but I feel like I stalked you until you became my friend. That's my story <laughs> in my head. I don't know. I, I remember you wrote something about like you wrote something about race and adoption Uh, that I read. And I think I was just, I became, I think we were infatuated with each other a little bit from just like, sort of like, yeah, like we just sort of, and I think ultimately, um, Jamie Wright introduced, like had made like, is that right? There was something that she shared. She claims that I'm the first person that acknowledged her blog. I don't know whether that's I true. I feel or like not, but... you introduced all of us. Maybe I don't know. You're the you're the connector of half my friends. Oh, well, I do. I, I probably was blogging before some of you, but but mm-hmm. it was a you know it was a community. It was a kind of a growing community. It was back when blogging was fun and all that yeah. was just. It was it, very much a community, and and when yeah. you found somebody on the internet that agreed with you Uh that you you almost you felt a connection with them yeah and so it was it was a different time like it It was I just uh it was back when it was really enjoyable and there were there weren't as many of us there weren't as many people doing it ongoing over you know no um, and we didn't we didn't have facebook or instagram and so the comments right. happened right there on the post so you wrote something and then you're dialoguing right there in the comments and you're getting right. to know people yeah totally and it just um like it i kind of hope like i like to think that maybe we broke down we we knocked down a few walls for people like you know like yeah. the, back in the early days where we kind of took the where I mean, you know, there. <laughs> if we ticked off the Calvinists, like it yes. was, like I mean, you would get inundated. I mean, I we would get inundated with like this yeah. negativity, and you know that we're just out, so totally outside the, you know, the norm. And and, and yeah. so like there was just a group of us who deconstructed before it was cool to deconstruct. Yes, and we just felt we became friends. And I yeah. think the first time we we met in person though was at. Um, at uh, Brian Elaine's conference. Killer Tribes. And, uh, Killer Tribes. Yes, I yeah, do remember so, that. Yeah. I do remember so, that. So um, anyway, I, uh, 
you know, I hit a, I remember I hit my, my last book for adults, what came out mm-hmm. in 2014 and it sold 700 units. I, I mean, I, that, that number sits in my brain so much <laughs> and I worked 18 months on it. Like, I Which mean, book I, was it that? was our, the great, ba- our American? great big American Oh God. yes. Uh-huh. And and it was it was one of those things where I had already kind of started to think that I'm not sure I fit into this world because mm-hmm. like it, you know, I've written two books that were memoirs, kind of like had a humor spin to it. And um, and and anytime I would read them aloud in front of audiences, like I would get really great feedback and like people would laugh. And and yet, like, you know, it just you know, I remember a guy telling me at a chapel service once that he was like, I'm not going to get in trouble for anything you didn't say or anything you did say, it, I'll get in trouble for what you didn't say. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that it's it was, that sort of summed up my whole writing career. Yeah, because I just didn't feel the freedom to be, hey, let me tell you this funny story. And let me turn this phrase and make it into an application that just fits yes. into your, you know, yes. I just didn't do that. Yeah. So anyway, like when you and when, you know, at the same time, I got, I became real discouraged with the publishing world. And then, you know, uh, had became a father, started reading kids to my kids, you know, books about faith and, you know, they weren't, they were so boring. And I yeah. found myself like just kind of skipping words and ed- self editing in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, you know, I, Jessica just told me one day, you know, that I needed to go and try and write a, a children's book. Yeah. Um, and rhyming was one of those things. Like I, I was the kid who carried around a notebook of, yeah, uh, of, of songs. You, you're a master rhymer. I mean, I can remember <laughs> even before the children's books, like you, like writing, like a Christmas, rewriting the Christmas story. Yeah. Like, well, you know, <laughs> you just were really always good at that. Yeah. No, rhyming is one of those things that I really enjoy. Like I enjoy it and I, um, like I just, I was the 14 year old kid who had a notebook full of terrible lyrics, but they all yeah. rhymed, you know? And yeah. so um, it, uh, it sort of kind of took me writing, ch- becoming, you know, writing children's books kind of took me full circle and in, in, in yeah. my, my whole writing thing. And so anyway, I um, started putting the, down an idea, finally got to a place where I really was proud of the, an idea. And I, my agent, you know, who wasn't working in ch- with children's books at the time, you know, sent it around to every publisher in town and mm-hmm. every publisher in town said no. <laughs> so, Which is um, so that's such a funny story to me too, because. Yeah. I mean, I even had, I mean, Kristen, I even had, I mean, you know, I was uh, of course married at the time and mm-hmm. uh, like I had publishers come back to me and ask if they could put Jessica's name on it. Like, because so was of- that it? Was that the issue? It was just, you, it was off brand for you, for your it was name. Off brand for me. I yeah. guess I had enough of a like a progressive reputation, yes. and yet, you know, and no one else was. There was very so few of us who were in that space. We were yeah. still seen as like outsiders, um, and so like people just uh, they they just didn't want to touch me. Yeah, um, it's so funny. And you know, like they wanted. I, I, you know, one person said, you know that. I would love to post, I would love to, I would never get it through, through like the, the board. Um, and in, you know, and so it, Jessica and I decided we were going to, we, we self-published the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ended up selling all the copies that we printed, which were like right, uh, right, uh, 5,000 
Um, which at the time, I mean, you know, if you, if you know what, know anything about publishing, you know, that that's like a big deal. Like people yeah. really did get, you know, that that's a lot of books. And anyway, and uh, one of the publishers came back and said, Hey, let's do this. And um, yeah, like, I mean, and even then, I don't think I realized, I don't, I don't think that I considered it a career. Like, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I hoped it would do well. I mean, I, you know, at the, in the meantime, while I was um, in preparation for hoping that my book would get picked up by a publisher, I started writing what would become my first book, When God Made You. And honestly, it was that book the, when, when my editor read that, the, the, the words to that book, that's, they sort of, she just freaked out. Like they, she just loved it and um, yeah. decided that was when we, she was going to bring you could me take on, a take risk a on you, take a risk. Yeah. Like <laughs> put my name on it. <laughs> Which is so funny because I think your books, you know, are, they're universally appealing yeah. And they, I, you know, I, I mean, I know very conservative Christians who have your books. They don't know who you are. You like, know? They, and that's the thing with children's authors. Like, yeah, you know, there are a lot of books that we read that will never go. I'm never going to follow these people. I love their books, right. but I'm not going to follow them on Instagram. No. Like, I'm not going to like, yeah. you know, um, but it is what it's, it's funny to see how that, like, it just, that book has, um, you know, I get letters from people who, mm-hmm. you know, really conservative uh, people of faith. And, you know, like I got a letter from, you know, somebody who's like, this is the only book about God that I read to my kid, um, you know, because she's transgender. And I just, yeah, yeah you know, and so it's just um, pretty, pretty cool. And I, I, I think that seeing, I think my biggest surprise in all of it is just seeing where, how, people connect with children's books. Like I, I I knew that that was a thing, but like, like I've gotten letters from people who don't have any kids and they're fighting, you know, in chemotherapy Mm -hmm. and they're reading my book every day before they go to bed, because that's the only, they can't pray. They don't feel like they can pray. Like they just, so it's a pretty, um, pretty wild to see where books end up. But they're such touching books. I mean, I've told you this before too, but the, you know, the joke in my house is that I can't read them. Like, like they'll bring them to me and I'll get like maybe two thirds of the way through and I'll just be bawling. Like there's just a couple lines in each of your book that just hit. (laughs) I I mean, I, yeah, no, it's, um, I don't, and I, and it's not like, it's so funny because it, I like the number of people that say, you know, you're the, that's the, those are the books that make me cry or you're the author that makes me cry. Like, I mean, it's such a weird thing to be, but like it, I guess my thing is, is I, I guess I'm a four on the Enneagram. And so I like to feel, I mean, I guess I, 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 I'm a feeler. And so um, I, I guess that kind of just sort of, um, eh, we've all read books that we, wanted to move us do you know mm-hmm. like you, you yeah. we would read books as a kid yeah. and like we'd see the cover and it'd be like this just oh wow that's like awesome and yeah and it just you know and so like I I just I put a lot of time and space in that and in, into every word and just if they you know trying to find words that connect with me and if I can do that maybe you know they they seem to connect with other people so well, and I think too, I mean, you know, what you were going through personally as you were writing these books, it, the the overflow of recognizing God's unconditional love. Yeah. That's the no. part in the books that, that always gets me. 
you know? I, totally. I mean, like, I, I, I remember the exact place when I was writing When God Made You. And this is before, like, I mean, I sold, you know, 5,000 copies of a book that we self-published. But I remember being in the parking lot of a grocery store, sitting in my car, um, parked over to the side by myself. And I had, like, like I had my phone with me and I had for some reason I had also the 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 words printed out somewhere and I started writing the the idea um the phrase so be you fully you a show-stopping review yeah your life in full color every tint every hue discover explore have faith but love more and learn and relearn all that God made you for and I remember specifically just weeping and thinking that I, I may never get to be my full self, Yeah. but damn it. If I'm going to try to do and use my career to help other people get free, um, mm. help ki- other kids not have to follow suit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You're killing me. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, I love it. I love it. I mean, Uh. I, and I get that. Like that is the, to me, that's the part of your books that are so touching because I think you are inviting kids to feel that, you know, and, and I think the way that you've written it, it's going to touch everybody in a different way. You know, I think where you were coming from, um, you know, for you personally was different than when I read it, it's personal to me and, you know, for, for a different, but parallel thing. And, Mm -hmm. but I just think the invitation to children to like, be who you are. And that's, and that's what you were created. Like God created you this way, because it isn't that, (laughs) I mean, isn't that what we're taught? Like God made us and therefore all of these shades of ourselves are wonderfully made. Absolutely. And it, and it, and yet we, those of us who grew up in the eighties and nineties, yeah, like we, we would hear that, like we would get that message a little bit, yeah, but it would be quickly follow suited with all the things that, what made us not the perfect creations, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was just such a weird theology. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And so like, I, it's my thing is I, I, I certainly good, a good book transcends a good music transcends people's yes. experiences. And so, 100%. um, you know, somebody who is in a really personal place, like, uh, sometimes that book connects with people and they, it's, it, it, you know, they see it as their own story. And, yeah. um, and Absolutely. I think that's anything, anytime you create art that is kind of like, and I've just, I've kind of realized this on the back end of it, but like when you're speaking to that, I, I, I write a lot to my inner kid. Like, I mean, like mm-hmm. I give that. And mm-hmm. so when, and sometimes when you're doing that, like that's when the best, you know, your best work comes out, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh. And so it's so interesting how, you know, your friendship with Rachel and then your, you know, experience writing children's books you know, kind yeah. of converged to put you in this place to help finish her work. But then, you know, you you alluded to it, just what was happening for you personally at the same time that you yeah. were finishing Rachel's book was just a lot. Yeah. Now, uh, Jessica and, and my marriage was, was, you know, falling apart. We were like trying to 
you know, we were all, but we were in counseling. I was seeing a counselor. She was seeing a counselor. We're seeing a counselor together and dealing with, you know, uh, walking through the, the questions surrounding my orientation. Um, and it, uh, it was a lonely, difficult time when Jessica and I were having like really, really hard discussions all of the time. And yet also, um, uh, trying to hold it together for our kids and like not, you know, being, being present in those situations. And then knowing that, um, that we were likely to have a really difficult (laughs) conversation after they went to bed. Like it was just, it was ongoing. Um, and then it, uh, ultimately then, you know, with the months, several, many months later, um, we, and got to a place that we knew what we needed to do. Yeah. Um, and, and in that process, it was in those six months, um, of like getting to that place where we kind of both got on the same page and knew what we needed to do, just finding the strength and the know how to do it. Um, um, I was writing Rachel's book, like literally, like it it was, it was it, this book, this book speaks to me. Like I, Mm. like I, um, like I swear I've told Dan a couple times and it sounds stupid, but like I swear there were moments when I felt like I was channeling Rachel. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you know, it's sure. just sort of you get so and and you know, and and is uh, like it just that you get so close to something. Yeah. You know, and it, you, you and you've read it over and over and over again and you almost can feel like I I've done this with memoir writing mm-hmm. um where you you uh, you know, when you're writing a story, you you go through it a hundred times by the time you're finished it, you know? Yeah. And it, there are moments in that type of writing where you just, you do feel present in it. Like you feel like it becomes, Mm -hmm. it's like you're starting to relive it. Yes. And so um, what is God like brought me hope, like in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the most difficult time of Mm -hmm. my life. And it is, um, and it uh, and now that you know uh Jessica and I are on a we're we're on the other side of you know separation and divorce and um and and me coming out publicly and um and we are i mean there's grief throughout like i mean yeah. it's just like it's like i don't i don't want to paint this has not been a pretty picture yeah. to, to to for any stretch of anyone's imagination but um we're trying to do it with do do the story well uh, uh, do this difficult story well yeah and do it with grace and love for each other mhm um and 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 honesty letting each letting you know Jessica letting me tell my story like me letting mm-hmm. Jessica you know giving each other the freedom to just be in that moment um yeah and you know to do that all amid a pandemic, <laughs> like yes, <laughs> where, which it you know in some ways it probably helped us because it kept mm-hmm. us like you know for a while we were like um, you know we just we we stayed to ourselves like we were living in different houses by then but yeah. like we are because of the safety of our kids like we we leaned on each other in a yeah. lot of ways and mm-hmm. so it you know in some ways it was made it harder in other ways it made it 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 helped us survive it yeah um, and it, it is helping us survive it and so anyway it uh, Rachel's book was 
the one shining moment in that whole time that I can look back on and just feel like I was, I was hearing something good. Yeah. I was feeling and experiencing God through Rachel's words. And honestly, like when we announced the book um, about a month ago, like I, like I was, we were blown away, blown away by just still two years later, how connected her people, the people who loved her yeah. still are Oh yeah, to her voice, her message, mm-hmm. um, her story, you know, like, and, and it, it's, it's what I, there are a lot of people who Rachel helped find freedom. Absolutely. That, what a, what a testament. Like yeah. that, that is, what a legacy. Like, you know, like that is the legacy. Yeah. Like it is yeah. a really beautiful legacy to, to know that there are so many people. Like if you, anytime you mention her, somebody is you know, mm-hmm. like lots of somebody's are going to say mm-hmm. she was the person who I read to help yeah. me get, leave a bad marriage or she yeah. was the person I read and I came out and she was the person yeah. like over and totally. over and over again. And yeah. And so it is um, what an honor, like it's an honor, like honor yeah. to get to, to play a small role in helping this book come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. You guys did such a beautiful reveal, uh, you know, of just some of her closest friends seeing the cover for the first time and really emotional. It really, really like, and they were like, and, and, and there was, yes, we edited it, but those were all legit feels like, I mean, people like were, um, there's something special about this book. Um, yeah. And so uh, I, I hope that people continue to connect with it. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's been fun to be a part of. So. Yeah. It's been fun getting to know Dan over the last few years, like Rachel's husband. Right. I didn't know him super well. I knew her, Yeah, but he's a gem. I mean, oh, like I adore him. I, he's like the, you know, he's been a grace Yeah. in this, yeah. like in this grief, there has been this beauty in the sense of just getting to know him yeah. and how hilarious and yeah. deep and talent. Like, I mean, yeah. the man is such a good writer. Like, I mean, it's yeah. just like, there's so many of these little things that, yeah. I mean, I, I'd met Dan a couple times and, you know, yeah. Um, but like, I just, I didn't, I, 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 I know him way better now than I, yeah. than I did. Um, and, and it just, and that's a testament to him too. Like never always wanting to let Rachel be Rachel and do yeah. her thing. Um, totally. you know, they, they really did in some, so many ways they, you know, she had her thing. Yeah. And then when she came home, th- their life was very simple. Like, yeah. you know, they, it was a, there was a simplicity to it mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a, a very country life mm-hmm. to it. I mean, very mm-hmm. in the, out in the middle, nowhere, Small Tennessee. Town, yeah. and, right. Um, you know, she was, I mean, she was well known for all the like wrong reasons in her small town. <laughs> in yes. a lot of way, like, you know, like totally. the, the, the troublemaker or, yeah. but um, like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just, wild to me how influential a little girl a, a, a woman from Dayton yeah. yeah became yeah um to the point where literally yesterday I got an email from uh 
Hillary Clinton's people asking me to send her a buck. And so yeah. like, like, I mean, just that's, I know. that's wild to me. I know. <laughs> so. And she pissed so many people off. Oh, but but what I love is that she always had receipts. You know, she was as knowledgeable about scripture as any of the theologians oh. taking her to task. She she knew it backwards and yeah. forwards. And, and she had that level of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, as much as any theologian. But she could disseminate things in such a way that was really applicable and really, you know, it was easy oh. to understand. Um, it was relatable. She was funny. She was so oh, funny. So funny. And, 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 and just like, again, it was, she came up at a time. Mm-hmm. Like I, like, and I, I literally, the, my, one of my favorite stories is like, we did a speaking gig together at, um, we did a couple speaking gigs together early on, but our first one was at the Southern book show, Southern book festival. I had just released um, churched or hear no evil, one of those two. And she was, had released her very first book. And I remember having read her book, having, having endorsed her book and like, just this, like, I mean, she comes off so strong in her words Mm -hmm. and you meet her and she's like this meek, Mm -hmm. like shy person. Rachel grew into her influence. Like she, she, by the time, you know, you know, that 2019 came around. I mean, she was a dynamic speaker. Yeah. She like, but that was something that she learned. Like it was something that she had to get used to. That was not natural to her. You know, some of us are kind of like, you know, not me, but like some people are natural speakers and Mm -hmm. they, they, they just, they shine in that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Rachel shined behind her computer. Yeah. Writing her book. Yeah. um, And had to learn how to do it from a public standpoint. And yeah. And she didn't, she didn't want to be an influencer. She, you know, there's a lot of people that come to the (laughs) table. They want to be an influencer. She had a message. She wanted, you know, she wanted to teach, I think, and share. (laughs) And I mean, she was kind of a John the Baptist, like in that, like where we're that she wanted to point people to truth. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and point people to, you know, an open table, point people to, you know, the open door and yeah. and get and, and and like, again, I keep going back to this idea of what a what a beautiful thing to um, to not only like be that person whose voice and words help people find freedom, mm-hmm. but to be the type of individual who naturally elevated people of color naturally elevated people who uh, of influence in the gay community naturally mm-hmm. like she looked for uh, like she sought that out like she that sure was did. not just yeah that wasn't lip service that yeah. wasn't something that she would just do on social media she mm-hmm. put like actual words or actual action to those yeah. words and thoughts and we know i mean there are people that you and i love and you know follow and you know like are, are grateful for now who were you know who are around or who have a following or got yeah. started kind of started out because of rachel like oh, and so sure. it's just a really really um beautiful story of yeah. um just i don't know it, I, I certainly would have loved to have seen what she could have done Um, But I um, am grateful for what she was able to accomplish. 
I know. I find I found myself just, you know, over the last few years, just, man, I wish I wish Rachel had a think piece right now. I wish <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could text Rachel right now. I wish I, I mean, could know what she's thinking. Like she, yeah. you know, I it is, you know, any death obviously is a tragedy tragedy and, you know, it's a tragedy for her family. But I, it's also just such a tragedy for the world to have lost her voice so early. Oh, like. I, um, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever mourned anybody Yeah. with such depth. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I haven't lost a parent. I'm a lot, I mean, yeah. I've lost grandparents and that's it. But like, I felt loss in her story, losing Rachel, like more yeah. than I'd ever experienced. And yeah. I, they're just, she was on, like, even though she got, had gotten so far in her career, there was also this anticipation for what was to come. like there was yeah. she was on the cusp of something yes, even I more yeah um you know entering entering the conversations in spaces that we like lord knows where she would have yeah ended up um and uh and now just like i mean you know i because i'm releasing this book like i'm very I'm privy to all the like the so all her mentions on social media and mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a, it's it's astounding how many people still qu- are quoting yeah. her and yeah. you know be discovering her for the very first time and so yeah. it's um yeah she it's sort of like she just um she was wise beyond her years um, yeah. and and just yeah like I mean I think you and I the fact that we knew her like it like yeah it just um we were it was a privilege for us to have it that was. insight, you know, that, it sure like, was. That, that, that's kind of behind the scenes. Such a privilege. Yeah. Friendship. So such a privilege. And she, as you said, she was just so supportive and so encouraging. And, yeah. you know, there's so many parts of Rachel that, you know, you know, just by being her friend, mm-hmm. um, just, you mean, as you mentioned, I mean, you know, as soon as I said like, Oh, I think I'm going to write a book, he, he, you know, she's emailing me her, um, her book, proposals which you know as writers like those are tightly held like oh people like, a lot of people won't share that stuff totally <laughs> he's talking numbers to me she's telling yeah. me like she's telling me what to do mm-hmm. opening herself up being so vulnerable never once seeing any kind of competition just yeah. like what can i share with you to push you forward you know she was so generous that way and she was so funny. I mean, you know, oh, that's the gift oh, <laughs> that, you know, I feel like as her personal friend. Well, we got to see that. We got to see another know. side. I like sure the, the, yeah, it was, that was the beauty. And it was so you know, funny, you know, it, uh, the, and the, I think the other thing was, is, is how many people of our, how many close friends in our circles who, who really were pushed out of their comfort zone by Rachel and yeah. they would receive it mm-hmm. from Rachel yes, for some dumb reason. Like, yes. I don't know what, like Rachel yes. could influence people that n- n- very other people just wouldn't even have a chance. She could. There, there was just something about her approach. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest, like you and I, we bend a little more sarcastic. We bend yeah, like people totally. don't like us. And, and we didn't have like the proof le- links. No. Like we, we had our, we had, we had our feelings. We had so our feelings. <laughs> so true. It's so true. We had no receipts. We were just going on our feelings. Yeah. I mean, you know, once in a while we'd have some sort of sourcing, but it was, yeah. yeah, it, but like even somebody like I, uh, 
like I remember even somebody like Beth Moore as conservative mm-hmm. circle is Beth Moore. She mm-hmm. has a great, like, had a great respect. Yeah. And admir, uh, you know, just sort of just, yeah. she admired Rachel yeah. and how she did things. And, yeah. uh, and, it and was they just, encouraged each other and, you know, totally. yeah. You know, and so, and so many people like you got pushed into the become becoming more affirming because yeah. of Rachel, like yeah. Rachel, st- like Absolutely. there was a, and I'm not sure I realized this until she died, but a lot of people, like she started par- parts of the progressive movement. She did. Like she like did. She was the like person who brought it into 2018 or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, took chances, broke down walls. And that, and honestly is, is one of the reasons why we have as many female voices in our, yeah. you know, Christian yeah. progressive culture now. Like, I mean, yeah. really, she just, you know, she was a trailblazer and she yeah. was 38. I know. Like, <sighs> but writing some of these more influential books in her early 30s, you know, well, I mean, right. and yeah. to your point, I mean, she influenced me, like, she was one of the big reasons I moved to affirming faith. Like, I mean, I wasn't always, you know, yeah. I, when me, I, me, we say affirming, I mean, LGBTQ yeah. affirming, like right. that, that not just like we love, but like right. we, we affirm, we, you know, we say Support yes to publicly. Like, yes. I, I mean, like it, yes. it was one of those things. I, I remember I voted against the Amer- the mayor I was like so one of eighteen I. people that voted against the marriage amendment. So did I. Yeah, and so yeah, that's that's I embarrassing. Never, <laughs> no, no, no. I voted against it. Like I did against- too. Oh, I voted like I voted to not have gay marriage. Oh no, I voted for it. Like it was oh, okay. that, like, in Tennessee. Like we had, it literally was one of like there was like hardly anybody voted for it. Like so, so yeah. Jessica and I were like we're two of like. 200 people (laughs) that, you know, anyway, I, but it wasn't until Rachel came along that I publicly voiced that. Like, I mean, it was this, uh, she, she put herself out there. She did. And she went ahead of a lot of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Got beat up on a lot. She did. And, and it, and in that process, it just sort of, we became like her, like putting herself out there, taking some of that stuff. Like we just, you know what? We needed to step up. Yeah. So um, for sure. I think we all became braver because of her. And, you know, she's the person who, for me, it was like, I mean, as you said, I had a feeling that I wanted to be affirming. Like that was my feeling, Yeah. (laughs) but I couldn't match the feeling to, to my theology. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put the two together and she put them together for me. Yeah. She's the one who made me go, Oh no. I don't have to abandon either of these things. I can merge them. Like I can, yeah. I can be Christian. I can be Bible believing and I can be affirming and, th- and see how this all comes together. Like she, she connected those dots for me. She never let go of her theological. Roots. She did not. Like that's mm-hmm. what was beautiful yeah. about Rachel. Like, I don't yeah. know. And I, and I don't, it, and it wasn't like she was, it wasn't a, I, I am locked down by these roots she found life in them like she found life in theology and i think that was uh her study of theology i think encouraged a lot of our study because like i think that you know it was she had a love of scripture that i i mean 
I may have had as a kid, but like she had, you know, up until the day she passed away, she like she, there was something very, very real, even though she fought for all the things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, received a whole bunch of criticism from all the people. And so like, it just, um, I think that will, you know, there will be certain number of people, you know, who will be studying mm-hmm. what Rachel did years and years from now. So it's, I um, cause I think I she too. helped. I mean, we weren't really talking about the deconstruction movement before Rachel. Like, I mean, you know, but that- I don't think there was one. Right. Like it was never, it was not a movement. No. She helped push that forward. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, I think that that she will certainly, history will certainly see her as one of those voices that made that possible. Yeah, I agree. And what an honor to have known her. An honor. And I just, I mean, I know I speak for many, but I'm just very grateful that you are putting her voice back out, you know, that you, Uh, that you've been a part of reanimating and, you know, uh, bringing back something of Rachel, you know, for so many of us, I'm, I cannot wait. I, 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 I really truly cannot wait for people to experience it. Like, I think that it will be, you know, just, um, it will be a beautiful experience for them to uh read her story to their kids um yeah so and it'll be another book that i'm unable to read out loud (laughs) all right well ready to talk to bj hickman today hey bj hi okay so we got a very interesting question that was about finding a therapist kind of in specific ways and i would love for you to read this one for us okay i'm trying to find the question here we go Um, my son is six and struggles with impulsiveness and anxiety. I'm also a sufferer of anxiety and I'm wondering if play therapy would help him. Are there benefits of me finding therapy, attending therapy with him or what kind of dynamic is best for children and their parents? I've also considered therapy for myself several times, but have yet to pull the trigger despite knowing how beneficial it is. Do either of you have any advice for how to choose a therapist for children? Also, any tips for getting a spouse to also attend therapy without insinuating they need it? I love that last <laughs> question. It's pretty loaded. Totally. But the truth is, it is such a sticky way, a question to approach in relationship if therapy has not been something that the family has viewed as valuable. And the truth is, um, I have a very dear friend and mentor who talks about going to therapy as as not an indication that there's something wrong with him, but it's actually an indication that there's something right with him, that it's not something we have to do. It's something we deserve to get to do because mm. everyone would benefit from it. And we have such a stigma around, oh, if you're going to therapy, it means there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's not anything wrong with you. Yeah. Um, You're going to hear me over the next few weeks harp on a new book. Oprah has written a book with Dr. Bruce Perry, who is one of the world's leading experts on trauma. And she's been working with him since early in the years when she had her television show. And the thing about this book is it is so good. But the book is titled What Happened to You? And the title came from the fact that we have we for so long asked people what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And when they began to identify that anything less than nurturing in early childhood development is registered in the brain as trauma, 
they began to realize that the question needed to be changed from what's wrong with you to what happened to you. Hmm. And so the book talks in depth about how the brain develops, how, um, what trauma looks like, what um, adverse experiences in childhood that may not have been something that we label as trauma because we tend to think of the big mm-hmm. catastrophic things when we use that word. Um, but all of it is trauma and mm-hmm. all of it shows up in the way we live in our relationships today. And it's all directly related back to the first few years of our lives. And yet we're just now beginning to really publicly portray it that way as something that, um, every human experiences. So when you look at recognizing that your child needs help, for instance, or even that you and your partner might want to go to therapy separately or even together, rather than, I'm just going to say for the person who asked the question, I think it was Melissa, I'm just going to encourage you to get the book and you and your husband both read it. Because if either of you see yourself in it, which you're going to, then the idea of seeing someone to work through those things is not going to feel so daunting to either one of you. And I think the question that comes up around this more than any, and it was part of this question, we get this question more than any other question is how to find a good therapist. So what I want to do briefly is walk you through how to search for a therapist on psychology today. And it's a really simple process. I'm going to start with how you do it for kids because there's just one little tweak that you're Mm going to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care what your reason for going to therapy is. This is the filter you will want to use no matter what. So you go in to psychology today. Once you put in your area, you're going to put your city and state in, you're going to get a list of people who practice in your area. You're going to go to the filters. If you're on a computer, it's already going to be listed right there on the left side of the screen. If you're on your phone, you're going to have to go to the top and click on filter. And you're going to, the first filter you're going to choose is age. If it's for your child. And there's an age, there are age brackets that you can click and you can c- click multiple ones if you're like on the edge of, of the age break or whatever. Um, and then you're going to go through and you're going to choose, um, hold on, sorry, I lost my notes here. I want to get you out of order. Um, you're going to choose, it, go over to the issues and under issues, you're going to choose child or adolescent. That's one of the topics and trauma and PTSD. Then you're going to go to the filter again and choose types of therapies and choose attachment based and trauma focused. Don't choose anything else. You can fine tune it if you need to for something specific, but start there. Now you're going to get a list of therapists that fit all of these. The first thing you do when you click on a therapist is go down to their specialties If child or adolescent is not within the top three specialties that they offer, which are going to be highlighted in green, Mm -hmm. skip them. Yep. If they don't always work with children, you don't want them working with your children. If they Mm -hmm. just list children in the list of people they'll see, that's not the therapist you want for a child. Then you're going to look and they probably offer things like play therapy, art therapy, experiential therapy, somatic experiencing. They're going to be offering things that are more what I call backdoor therapy, where kids are doing one thing 
and things are flowing out of their mouths because they're playing with a doll or they're, they may be doing sand, something called sand tray therapy where they're acting things out. There's all kinds of approaches that they'll use. And if they are special, if they specialize in the age group that your child is, they're going to have certain modalities that are designed specifically for that age group that they use on a regular basis. It's not going to be talk therapy. Kids can't heal through talk therapy. Right. It doesn't, their brains aren't, they're not in their cognition and their cognition's not developed enough. So that's not the approach that you want. But rather than trying to find a modality and then try to find a therapist who uses that modality, find a therapist that specializes in your child's age and then find if they use those kinds of modalities for your for your child. Only tweaks you have to make if you're trying to find a therapist for yourself is you take out the child or adolescent as an age group, and you take out child, child or adolescent, or you ch- take out the age group, and then you take out child or adolescent from one of the issues. Everything else stays the same. Trauma and PTSD, attachment-based, trauma-focused. If the therapist has those specialties, they're going to approach therapy from the perspective of understanding how our childhood experiences are showing up in our lives today. And that's how we want to approach therapy, Yeah. no matter who we are. That's good. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at selfiepodcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.